What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves. Welcome back, I am happy to be here. We've got the alien dead kitty. Yes, we do, and we've got the everything zen Bigfoot, like we always talk about, and we've got Mr. Alien. What color shall we make Mr. Alien today? Well, let's let's see. We'll, we'll make him a uh, a nice green. How about that? We'll make him green. All right, green alien today. Uh, kind of typical, stereotypical, but whatevs. And then of course we've got Mr. Planner Dog. And now today's story. So today's story is a great story. Uh, comes to us from the UFO casebook actually. And it's about a story that originated back in Falkville, Alabama, which seems to be a place where a lot of alien abductions and events take place. Um, all the way back October 17th, 1973. Now, we know Halloween's right around the corner, so it's coming up. So let's talk about it. So, you know, we it, this article is from the UFOcasebook.com if you want to take a look at it forward slash tinfoil.html okay so this is about the alabama tinfoil alien now when you think about tinfoil i think about peewee's big ball of tinfoil and maybe that thing came to life well this is more of a taller alien stretched out and this dude can run like faster than usain bolt okay and we're gonna get to that in just a second so some of these some of these beings that we encounter in these alien uh in you know abduction cases encounter cases sight cases they seem to be living breathing entities and some appear to have the characteristics of a robot uh one theory about a whole that a whole bunch of investigators have is that many ufo sightings are of scout ships who take exploratory journeys to our planet's surface while the mothership hovers somewhere out of sight and the ship can go back. And if the ship doesn't make it, it's like a Pinto. You just leave it. You don't come back for it. So many propose that a lot of these scout ships are occupied by robotic mechanical beings or even biological entities that they've created to be their little drones. Now, these would be expendable, of course, right? If they die so be it so in this case in many respects they say that this this description is of a robotic looking creature and had the running gait of most of our most talented athletes now this is really interesting because a robot usually can't run that well although there are some really cool robots coming out of boston dynamics and a few others that are incredible I mean, these things can, like, jump and do a 360 spin, man, and land it perfectly, and they can do gymnastics and land it perfectly. It's truly amazing. So, who's to say that some alien civilization hasn't already come up with that? Um, so, this strange account began when Falkville, Alabama, police chief Jeff Greenhaw uh, received a phone call from an excited lady who said that she had witnessed a spaceship land in an open field not too far from their town proper. Greenhaw took off like a shot. He's he's excited. He's he's thrilled because probably not too much happens in Alabama except for, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Who knows what happens in Alabama? Not much, right? So 
he took along his trusty Polaroid camera. Boom! Smart gate. See, his 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 head wasn't just a hat rack. He decided to bring it along camera. Uh, now, dark had fallen several hours earlier. This was about 10 p.m., and the chief was armed for anything, okay? When he made it to the location of the alleged landing, he took a cursory look around. He found no spaceship, no trace of any spaceship. But as he continued to search the area, Greenhaw was taken aback by the sight of an alien-like creature standing just offside the road. Okay. The being appeared to be wrapped in aluminum foil as it began to walk toward the chief. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It's getting interesting now, isn't it? So, it took a look, or he said it looked like his head and his neck were made together, Head and neck made together. It was he was real bright, something like rubbing mercury on nickel, so very shiny, but just as smooth as glass. Different angles give it gave a different lighting. I don't believe it was actually aluminum foil. Makes sense. Now, where else have we heard about aluminum foil? None other than crashed spaceships in Aztec, New Mexico, and Roswell back in the 40s. This was in what 50, 52, I believe it was. Go back up. Oh, I'm sorry. 73. Woo. A couple decades later. 73. Okay. So, here we are. Greenhaw is on one side of the road. Tinfoil Man is on the other side of the road. Greenhaw and... Me- Wait, hang on. The tinfoil aliens' movements were very mechanical-like. Indicating it might have some gears. It might be a robot. That's just Greenhaw's perception as a human up until our technology at the point in 1973. Everything might look like a robot if it's wrapped in tinfoil, right? He states that there was actually an antenna attached to his head as well. Well, what do we use antenna for for communication purposes? So, although Greenhaw was in shock, he managed to snap off a few pictures of this odd-looking alien. When he flicked on his headlights, the alien was clearly frightened, right? As any deer would be caught in headlights, or any human probably would be too. And it began to make its escape. Greenhaw immediately takes off in his vehicle. Now, these cars back in the 70s are made with American power. Okay, we're talking about, like, Crown Vicks. We're talking about big beasts. We're talking about, you know, huge block Chevys. We're talking about all these big cars. Uh, Greenaw took off immediately, but because of the rough terrain that he was actually in, he was off the road, and he went on to a field to try to cat, in pursuit of this creature, he was only to, able to manage 35 miles an hour because of the rough terrain. Makes sense, right? You do any more than that, you slam in your car, you might risk <clears throat> rupturing a brake line, rupturing an axle, who knows? So the robotic movements of this alien were now in high gear as he's Booking it like Usain Bolt and Michael Johnson across the, uh, the open field. 
Greenhog could not keep up. And the tinfoil being escaped into the night. Unbelievable. He took off into the night and was never captured. He was running faster than any human I ever saw, said Greenhaw. Although Greenhaw was accelerated by the strange encounter, right, he bolted to the, the scene, you know, as fast as he could. He would soon regret this entire night. Although it was exhilarating, although he probably had never seen anything like it and probably would never see it again, he would grow to regret this night because, unfortunately, he became a victim of unfortunate circumstances, whether they be part of this particular event or not. So let's get into it. He states that immediately upon release of this information, he was mocked, ridiculed by many of the town folk, and he received many threatening phone calls. Now, this is back in 73. No text messages, no, no social media. You start getting calls to your house or calls to your office threatening you. And you're a police officer? You're the chief police officer? Who in their right mind is going to threaten a police chief? None other than probably the government, right? I mean, you're not going to have town folk threatening you. You're going to have somebody who has something to lose threaten you, right? None other than the government would have that, unless the aliens were calling them. Uh, so a string of bad luck began to affect his life. Whether it was related to his report or not, his entire house burns down. His whole house burns down. What the heck? And then, on top of that, after his house burns down, he's got nothing left. Hopefully he's got insurance. His wife leaves him. So now you're the town crazy because you saw some dude in a metal suit running around beating any ground human, you know, known to man, whipping you while you got this big block police car that's in an interceptor. It's got tons of, tons of you know, add-ons and, and things that they can do in the motor pool. And approximately a month after the incident, check this out. Because he's a hired official, the town council, a hired official, an elected official, he, the town council fires him. Sorry, homeboy, it's 73. You can't report the aliens. You gotta go. Well, that's gotta be great because now you lose your pension because you didn't, you know, hit up, you know, all the years that you need. Possibly, well, he was a, he was a, the town uh, sheriff, so uh, chief. So maybe, you know, maybe he hit twenty years. I don't know, but geez, wouldn't it suck if he lost his pension? Um, and good luck getting hired again, right? Approximately a month after the incident, the town council fires him. So much for the theory that so many other UFO encounters made by that are made by individuals who are looking for notoriety or financial gain. The cop isn't. Cops got a good job, doesn't want to ruin it, so uh, what does he have to gain? Nada. Greenhaw would eventually regain some semblance of a normal life, but he would always regret the night that he met the tinfoil alien. Now that, the source is nicap.org which is great because it's an official source um, if pull it up here we'll be able to get an official story see if there's any other additional info about this particular case 
So what are your thoughts? Because this could have been a robot drone. This could have been an alien in a metallic sh uh, suit. This could have been... Could it have been a human? Probably not. Not much to gain. Um, you know, you know, I can't imagine it would be, you know, anything other than some sort of created entity, created, uh, not necessarily biological entity, but created entity for researching purposes or for, you know, abduction cases. Who knows, right? We really don't know. We have no clue. So that's really, that's really the story. It's really sad because, you know, this exact same scenario actually kind of happened to a guy named D.C. Long, who was just on the June Disclosure Project press conference talking about how he lost his company the day after he witnessed uh, a huge monolith rock being floated in an underground facility that he was contracted to work on. And when he left the facility, they... they informed him that he had to sign an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. He and his entire crew refused to sign it because they said they didn't see anything. There was nothing really that special down there. Yeah, there was a floating monolith rock, but they didn't bring it up, and they didn't even think it was that fascinating. It wasn't like there's much aliens hovering around down there. It's just this big-ass, humongous rock that was levitating. Anti-gravity. Okay, cool, you're working on that. They're not going to go out and tell people. But because they didn't sign that NDA... He had the exact same thing happen to him. His entire business was wiped out. He had all these construction tools, huge team of guys working for him. What happens? The entire uh, warehouse or, or, or you know storehouse of his tools is wiped out overnight. All of his guys go to the shop the next day. There's nothing there. His, his bank account's wiped out. He's living on the streets, freaking homeless after only a few months, and lives that way for two years. And then finally, he was he was assisted by some individuals, helped out financially, brought him back up on his feet, got him back into a job, and and was able to come forward um, on June twelfth, I believe it was twenty twenty three, during that press conference. So, it's these individuals who are at high levels, whether it's police chief, whether it's a contractor for the government, whoever, that nobody's safe. You could be an individual out in public, not working for anybody. You couldn't be safe. And neither are these these elected officials. They get kicked out by the town hall, the town council, and then you get your business ransacked overnight because you didn't sign an NDA. F you guys. You know what I'm saying? F the people that are putting this shit into place because these are good, hardworking people, and they don't deserve what's happening to them. So, uh, big middle finger up for you guys. You know, I'll put explicit content here. I don't care. You know, I'm not swearing. But, you know, it's just a it's just a dang shame. You know what I mean? That's just, you know, somebody witnessing something and basically basically coming forward making a report. That was in his case, in, the, in, in Grenhaw's case. In D.C. Long's case, he didn't even make a report. Government just shut his ass down. And that's what it seems like they do. You make a report, 
we're going to put you out on the streets so you look like a kook. You're going to lose your house, you're going to lose your wife, you're going to lose your job, and you got nothing left. So who's going to believe you because you're sitting out on the streets not making any money, and you will eventually go crazy. You lose your house, you lose your wife, you lose your job. Dude, I don't care how strong you are. You're probably going to lose it for a while. And your main focus isn't going to be doing some sort of UFO alien disclosure project tour. Your main purpose and focus is going to be how the hell am I going to live till the very next day and survive. So that's what they know. That's what they're guaranteed on it. And, you know, they don't have to take you out. They can just wipe your finances right off the map, your job, your family, your house, everything. Just gone. So anyway... A very interesting case from 73 that reflects 50 years later out into 2023 with D.C. Long's case. And feel free to check out D.C. Long's case. Um, it's back uh, just a few episodes in my podcast, uh, which I believe is titled um, The UFO Disclosure Part 2. So we talk about D.C. Long's case there. Really fascinating what he sees. Um, fascinating what happens to him and... Uh, good stuff so anyway um thank you for listening thank you for continuing to support by leaving review giving us a rating um and sharing the podcast just share it to a friend one friend if if everybody does that maybe two three friends even we'll be in good shape we'll be in good shape we'll be able to continue bringing good quality content and hopefully that's uh, that's my that's my dream and my ambition. So I, I would appreciate your help in doing that. So anyway, guys, uh, we're continuing to move forward, continuing to get better and better uh, tech, and hopefully you're enjoying the podcast. So until next time, guys, take care of yourselves, your loved ones. Uh, follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Till next time, guys. Take care of yourselves and Lockdown Universe out.